Once upon a time, there was a young woman named Elise who wanted to see the entire world and all the stories within it. One day, she met a white rabbit who asked her to come along for a journey of discovery. Welcome to Elise in Wonderland. My name is Elise. My name is Jean. And we are the hosts of Elise in Wonderland. This is a show for those curious about the world, travel, culture, and new perspectives. And today we have a lovely guest in our studio. Um, her name is Magdalene, who will be talking about a country and a culture many have heard in the news over the last few years when it comes to talking about current conflict or worldwide refugee crisis. That is Syria, of course. Unlike what is in the news, however, we're choosing to focus most of this show on the beauty, culture, and traditions of this country. A little bit of background of our guest, Magdalene was born in Syria in Dara, a city close to Jordan in the south, and came to Canada in 1997 with her parents, brother, and sister, moving to Mississauga, Brampton, and then most recently landing in Hamilton, Ontario. She still has family in Syria, and some are on their way, coming here still to Canada. Magdalene works as a student services coach at Mohawk College, and she promises that no matter what, you will walk away from this show with a new appreciation for Syria and for Canada. A quick disclaimer for this show, while talking about Syria can divide people along the lines of politics, history, and culture, we want to ensure listeners uh, that this is one individual's experience and opinion of Syria among many out there. So welcome, Magdalene, to the studio. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks for having me. We are so honored to have you, um, and in my work and experience knowing you at the college, you've been a wonderful wealth and resource um, when it comes to talking about Syrian culture and language and helping us understand how to bridge that gap. Thank you understand. so much. And knowing you, Elise, has been very, <laughs> very, very great and just I didn't think I'd take away that much from it, but, you know, I, the experience has gone w w above and beyond what I expected it to be. Um, uh, one, one thing I just want to make a correction on, it's brothers. Brothers. Sister, they're okay, listening sorry. right now. If so. you're listening out there, yeah, no five of them. So, <laughs> so I can't, I can't make a mistake in that. Brothers <laughs> and sister. So, yeah. It's yes. amazing what one little letter can Exactly. Do. <laughs> eh? You eliminated four people right there, but no, it's brothers and sister. Yeah. So, um, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm wondering what will come out of my mouth today, but I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, man, I, sh I should have welcome at least to welcome back. Thank you. Um, That's right. So maybe I'll talk about my week first because yeah. as a natural transition, um, a little or bit weeks. of weeks, a little bit of background. Uh, Magdalene and I met because I was looking for someone who could provide a bit of background and context around um, Syria, the current crisis, as well as what is culture like in Syria when you're interacting with Syrians. Um, how can we learn the language? Because at Mohawk College, we were sending a group of students to Greece to work in a refugee camp. Most of residents are from Syria. And um, out of respect for the people we were working with, we want to understand more about culture. So mm -hmm. Magdalene came in and, and did a wonderful series of presentations for the students. Yeah. And that's, that's where I've been. So mm -hmm. yeah. um, 
I will have, we will have another episode where we dive deep into the experience of the students at, um, through this program, as well as I think really importantly, what they have taken back and how they view the world differently and, and how they, um, understand, you know, when you hear a headline in the news. Yeah it has a whole new dimension. Mm -hmm. Um, so my last few weeks have been in Greece first with students and the second in Crete, um, taking some time with my mom there, which was really lovely. And so we'll probably also talk about Greek culture in one Mm -hmm. episode because there's so much there beyond feta cheese and all that. Mm. There's, (laughs) I learned so much about Cretan culture in, in particular and what living on an Island can do to your culture. So more on that later. Jin, talk yeah. about uh, how your last week mm-hmm. or weeks has have been. Right. Well, so my last week was okay. It was good. Uh, but one exclusive memory I can introduce is I went to a Global Hamilton Connect kind of annual or monthly or yearly, bi-yearly meeting. Um, so Global Hamilton Connect is for young professionals in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And most of them are students from McMaster or Moa College or alumni and graduates who are working in a, in a field. We went to bowling place in Splitsville. Um, Classic Hamilton yeah. adventure. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it was really fun. I didn't get a chance to play bowling because I have to leave early. Mm-hmm. But we got to enjoy um, meeting new people, talk about our cultures, introduce um, our radio show, nice. recruit some guests, future guests. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That was fun. Uh, what was the makeup of the people that were coming to the Global Hamilton Connect group? Mostly new people to Hamilton? Yeah, so a lot of them are international students, and most of them are working as of now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like you're, we are introduced to hear, inter- in, sorry, we are interested in learning, hearing your journey to Canada, uh-huh. how you ended up working at uh, your place now. Nice. Yeah, lots of things. How about you, Magdalene? How's your week? Uh, same old work home homework um uh we had the ontario colleges fair a few weeks well what is it two weeks ago something like that so that was a lot of fun down in toronto it's my second time going there so all the colleges you know students visited and um some parents came along wanting more information about college about you know how to get to different you know apply to different programs that sort of thing so that was that was really nice to see. Um, I always like the same thing happened last year where I saw grade eight students asking, how do I get into college? And I was like, <laughs> so it's, it's good. You're thinking ahead and you should be, you know, and then we had the open house this past Saturday here right. at the That's college. Right. That was a lot of fun, you know, again, to meet different students, different people, just, you know, just wanting to know where to start and, you know, mm-hmm. what it is that I should do, you know, trying. And it's it, like they're thinking, again, it's for September that really they're asking for. Some are asking for January, but, you know, to share that information and you come to realize how much is offered at the college and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I, I'm part of it. You know, yeah. like I, you're kind of sit at your desk or with your area. But then when you start talking about outside of your area, you realize it's really big place to work yeah. and like you know and we're all interconnected interconnected that way so yeah that was my week really mohawk was mm-hmm. my week mohawk, so. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i accidentally say i live here but yes it's i think it's a freudian exactly well, i don't i don't know why but mohawk doesn't seem like just a workplace it does yeah. that's true a lot of things yeah 
So it's more than just work. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Definitely not a nine to five. <laughs> yeah, it's not. A, it is in description no. for us, but not, <laughs> yeah. not in practice. Yeah, I do yeah. find the open house event really cool here because you get to actually see the different program areas on display. Mm. Exactly, that would normally happen behind yeah. closed doors, right in the middle of the hall. Yep. and it must be a really daunting process for new students. Um, not only they're looking at the program, but then, you know, what career does this lead exactly. to? Exactly. You're not, you're, it, and it's not even just like, you know, what it is that I want to study. It's, it's, it's a life decision you're big, you, that you're making. And also, um, you know, how is it going to impact me financially? Mm. You know, how, what sure. kind of credential am I getting? It's not just a question, where am I going? It's a question of what am I doing for the next mm-hmm. six, pretty much mm-hmm. rest of my life for some of them, you know? Yeah. So. So, you know, the, the understanding they have to have, I think, is that it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay mm-hmm. to, you know, maybe change what you had hoped to become a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, it, it's just interesting to meet such students. And then to see them later on when they're admitted in the college is even better. And you're yeah. like, hey, I remember you when yeah. you asked me about, you know, this or that. So, yeah, such it's a good nice. Feeling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to know you just contributed in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely the big thing that I gained back so yeah so I want to flip this on to you (laughs) (laughs) because speaking of big life decisions yes um I want to understand more and I think people would be curious to know how you and your family made the decision to come to Canada and um and start your big decision yes um, so we came to Canada back in April 1997. So I think we're just about, what is it? I lost the count. What is it? 21, 22 years that we've been here. Um, gonna be 22, I think. Um, so, you know, I come from a family that's very academically driven and very, you know, um, do well in life, I would say. And that may have changed a little bit in that they want us to succeed in whatever way we can and we're capable of. And so, um, you know, what was offered in Syria was not attainable for an average family like mine, essentially. Um, Unfortunately, for a lot of people, it's who you know, not what you know. And so my my parents quickly recognized that that's, you know, they didn't want to put their children through that because they saw how hard we were working, you know, and it's Mm. it's like at the time it was um, like six of us, you know, so four of us were going to school. So they saw how, how hard we were working and, you know, they knew that with all this hard work, things may not happen for us mm-hmm. as they may happen for some other people who have the right connection. Feels like an impossible standard almost. Well, um, you know, it, it, it's all, it's, the thing is, it's not spoken about as openly as it should. Mm-hmm. It's like under the table kind of practice, but everyone knows it's going on. Right. So that's, that's, that's the bad part of it, I think, you know, and again, not to say everyone is like that there, but to get things done and, it's an often method to go to someone, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so they quickly recognized that, you know, they wanted us to um, succeed and have all the opportunities available to us. And Canada was a logical choice at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, a great choice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we came in 23rd of April, 1997. Yeah. Um, uh, we knew like, 
I would say I studied English my whole, like, I came at grade six. I was grade six when I came to Canada. So I've been studying English since I was grade one. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, really academically studying it. But then coming here, you kind of blank out, you know, it's, it's a different English because how you speak it every day is different how you read and write it. So grammatically, I was, I was, I was good. I knew how to read. I knew how to write. But then when someone was speaking to me, I would like blank out completely, you know? So there was. Do you remember that too, Jen? Yeah. yeah. Well, also, it's, it's interesting that she still, you still remember the day you came to yeah. Canada. Yes. I yes. do that too. It's March 18th, 2010. There you go. Like an Thank you people, yeah, we never forget. It's like a big turning point. I, for definitely. Definitely. I haven't, I haven't met someone who like, you know, who was of an age where they can remember. Yeah. 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 So, so, and then, um, so, so that, that was the drive is that, you know, we wanted that to happen is to just have all the opportunities available, not just to the kids, but also to my parents and Mm. yeah. Yeah. So that is part of the drive behind the revolution. And I know in my in my introduction, I said we're not going to focus the majority of the show on conflict in Syria. Yes. But I think it's important to mention um, some of why this is happening, yes. why people have moved. Um, so you mentioned all who you know gets you power, and this unfairness has kind of started a drive behind a revolution mm-hmm. in Syria. Can you really briefly talk a little bit about what that... Um, how that came to be? Well, the the revolution, um, what we now know as the Arab Spring, did not start in Syria. So mm-hmm. it started in um, another Arabic-speaking country um, called Tunisia. Mm-hmm. Um, so what had happened is one individual who was, you know, he was an educated man, and I believe his, his name is Mohammed bin Aziz. I may be wrong. I know his first name is Mohammed. Um, so what had happened was, um, he, he, you know, he's educated, couldn't get a job again, because he didn't have the right connection. I would say that's mm-hmm. probably, that, that'd be my explanation. Um, and therefore, um, was selling, you know, food out of a cart, you know, just mm-hmm. groceries and stuff like that. And that, because he wasn't licensed to sell, but he had, like, this was his only way of making a living. So, mm-hmm. um, because he wasn't licensed, I guess his cart was knocked over by mm-hmm. the police force and his reaction. And again, like, this is not like the first time that, you know, it, it was, a, it was kind of I like the that. last straw, you know, sure. and unfortunately his decision to protest what had happened to him at that moment was to let himself on fire. Mm-hmm. And with that happening, people, and this was like downtown, like in an area where it was very crowded. So when people saw that, they erupted because they really kind of, you know, enough is enough was, was, was the theme that day is, you know, that's it. And, and it was like, it's sad that it took for that, you know, reaction to happen for something to get going. But at the same time, if you watch videos of how many people were protesting peacefully, I might add, mm-hmm. um, you know, just uh, for just and like just for a change to happen, just for something to, you know, you know, we deserve more than this. And and I'm not talking about like, you know, there, I'm talking about basic needs here, you know, like yeah. for some people, clean water, you know, livable mm-hmm. homes, you know, the ability to learn, earn a living. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so unfortunately, that wasn't happening for a lot of people and then therefore the protests happened and that started to carry on to other countries mm. you know more noticeably um i would say like libya and egypt and now mm. 
Syria and some other countries as well. Uh, but those are probably the bigger ones that are happening or have happened. And, um, and so, yeah. And they were all sharing that same struggle in that, you know, I, I, do I not deserve a good life or do my children not deserve a good mm. life just because I don't know mm. the prime minister of something or the minister right. of, you know, so. Um, that's, 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 I would say that's the theme behind the revolution. And it's not just one individual or sure. one religion. It could be like, it's, it's multiple people facing the same thing. So yeah. it's at a point now where enough is enough. It has been, it's been enough is enough for a long mm-hmm. time. It's just, I think people now have gained the power to say something about it. Mm. So that's where we are. Unfortunately, the way it is, it's, you know, it's, it's not so black and white. You don't, it, revolutions don't happen in a way that it's just done the next day. You other, other things. Point list of exactly. This this and then this. Exactly. Other things start to interfere. Other sure. people start to interfere. And so. And an interesting um, thing you mentioned before in a conversation with us was that how can you even trust what facts are out mm. there? Exactly. Depending on who definitely reports you know, these things or whose opinion or whose side I, it becomes very Absolutely. You have to consider your source, but then sure. when you, even the source itself can yeah. be biased in one way. So what is a fact? That's yeah. that's also another question. So it's the theme that's coming up, I think, all over the yeah. world, especially now with the yeah, exactly. politics and Yeah. What's fake news, right? <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, and um, you know, and then many mm. families, my immediate family faced a lot of um issues, ones that are living there. Even even here, I would say like people were um, you know, if they were protesting in, in support of what's happening over there, they will still backlash by some people who were supporting the other side, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. um, it's, well, yeah, it's still, uh, to even a region in the world, it's, it's affecting. Exactly. Them. And, you know, it's such a rich country and a rich region altogether in its, in its culture and its history and its geography and geographical position. And, you know, and, and, and to see all that happening is, is, is unfortunate, heartbreaking and, you just want it to end at this point. Like you just want it to just stop just for the sake of the children and and the people there. They want some peace and just to have a day where they don't have to fear Hmm. that I, this may be my last day, you know? So unfortunately that's where it is right now. Um, to tell you an up-to-date news of where it is is almost impossible for me sure. because mm-hmm. information is coming in all the time. Things are happening all the mm-hmm. time. So, but the theme I would say is, is just wanting, wanting a decent life, wanting a decent home, decent shelters, decent food to eat, decent mm-hmm. water to drink, you know, for, for those who are maybe of a lesser class and for those who are, in the middle class, they just want to be able to provide, continue providing for their family and sure. continue to, you know, have the best for their children. Yeah, Cause like anyone yeah. wishes. Definitely. Definitely. So coming like again in Canada, I think I feel like a lot of people don't appreciate the different things that we are offered. Like I feel, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the free healthcare or, you know, yes, we pay taxes and whatever, but look at how much we're getting in, in reverse. You know what I mean? So mm. I myself, when I hear this stuff, I, I gain another level of appreciation every time for this country and just the ability to be able to, you know, work anything, you know, do any kind of work or visit any kind of places or anything like that, you know, without any limitations whatsoever. I can befriend whoever I wanted from a different religion, from a different background there, you know, and it, it's completely fine, you know, so we need to appreciate Canada a little yeah. bit more, I think. The more, 
opinions and perspectives I hear from people from different parts of the world, the more I realize growing up in Canada, I've never had to um, approach anything from the context mm-hmm. of fear. I mean, or limitation or questioning. Exactly. Or, and that in itself, like the absence of that. Yes. Is a huge freedom. Definitely. Definitely. One thing I was telling the students when I was doing the sessions, like I was, you know, giving them different cultural lessons and, you know, and the, I kept saying it like your, your, your experience may be different. Your experience may be different. Sure. You know, I, I'm telling you not to do this, but you might find with a certain individual there, it's a, you know, you can do it. But the one thing I'll tell, like I told the students is the one thing you guys will walk away from is another level of appreciation for this country when you see the kind of struggle that people mm-hmm. go through just to get, you know, day by day, mm-hmm. you're going to have another level of appreciation for your family, for the country that you live in, for the education you're gaining, for the services you're getting, all these things, yeah. you know, and I, I'm, I, I think I, and I'm hopeful that the students have gained mm-hmm. that from that experience. At least from what I heard, <laughs> yes, that, what they internalized. And again, I think time and perspective gives you, it changes also how you feel about things. Definitely. They, yes, 110%, For myself sure. included. Yes. So I want to speak about um, your experience coming here then. Um, and with so many people from Syria being displaced, there are pockets of culture being created and recreated yes. in places like Hamilton and Mississauga. Um, can you talk a little bit about what, from your perspective, are some of the challenges, some of the positive things, some of the changes you see as people start to move here and call Canada their home? Definitely. Um, I mean, when, when I first uh, came back in 97 and started to attend school, I was the only one wearing the headscarf mm-hmm. at the time, what we call hijab. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, you know, and then slowly other students started to come in. But then, you know, when I was the only one, was that a shock gotta, for you? Well, yeah. you know what? What was shocking for me, honestly, is the reaction I got from people who are of my culture saying, "Oh, you won't be wearing that much longer. Mm. You're gonna have, you know, you're, at one point oh. you're gonna take that off." So I knew. I think I knew what I was coming into. I was prepared that it will be difficult. I just wasn't prepared that people of a similar culture right. and similar values would tell me, oh, you know, you, mm. you know, you're going to take it off. You're going to, you know, but the day I wore it, I've always wanted to wear it. I knew that as a child, I, if my parents let me out of wore it at grade one, if I had the mm-hmm. choice, but they, they strongly felt I should be a little bit older and, you know, and I did at grade six and then, um, yeah. And I, I never took it off since it's part of who I am. It's mm-hmm. part, I, I, I love it. I love wearing it. People don't believe me when I say that, but I really, <laughs> really, really do. Yeah. And so, um, coming to Canada, having almost no one wear it in my immediate circle. And now when you walk around mm-hmm. Hamilton, mm-hmm. wherever, you know, I, I, I was living in Mississauga when I first came. Yeah, it's, it's amazing the number of people who wear it. It's mm-hmm. actually like if you go to a public mall, there'd be more people wearing it than mm-hmm. ones not yeah. wearing it. Right. And they're being sold in, you know, regular yeah. stores. Like if you go to different, you know, commonly visited yeah. stores, they're, you know, they're selling these, these headscarves mm-hmm. and stuff because of the demand mm-hmm. for them, you know? Right. Um, I was watching actually a documentary on Macy's retailers yes. recently <laughs> who were saying, yeah, why wouldn't we? Yeah. 
because yeah. we are selling to Americans. Definitely. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, if you, like, what is it? Like a one billion Muslims around the yeah. world, are you going to mm-hmm. eliminate that whole market? Yeah. Because well, yeah, that's you, a exactly. Yeah. So, um, what was it? Was it Dolce & Gabbana that recently introduced oh, a nice. Islamic, like, fashion line to fit Muslim women who mm. want to, you know, cover up and all that. So that's, there is change happening. Mm. And actually know. modest fashion is coming into style. Exactly. Exactly. In, definitely. In the high fashion world. Which yeah. Is really interesting. Yeah. So, so that the number of vi- the visibility yeah. of, of my, of my culture is definitely there. Um, you know, the amount of restaurants that are out there to, you know, and it's not even like the, Again, the amount of restaurants that are out there to serve the food that we like or the food mm-hmm. that's, you know, close to home mm. have definitely increased versus when I first came. Um, even even our regular everyday grocery stores, mm. they have a full section dedicated to the kind of meat we're allowed to eat, to the kind mm-hmm. of, you know, spices we like to add to our food. It's just so common now. And I can easily tell someone who's not in my culture, oh, you can pick that up at no frills or whatever you know and they they know exactly where to look and what to look for so that was difficult before you had to go specifically to a store that was like Mm -hmm. a big drive away Mm -hmm. because it was the only store in the city right but now they're 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 everywhere there is work to be done in hamilton (laughs) we do have to improve the amount of um resources in hamilton specifically Mm -hmm. restaurants and 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 grocery stores there is not enough i feel to help the community although where is like I, I I everyone tells me there's so many people here in in uh, in Hamilton who speak the Arabic like, language and I'm like where are they I haven't met so many like you know but apparently there is a big population here so we need more services like mm-hmm. that yeah so if you're listening out there yes if you have an idea and you did say that Mississauga by comparison is um, way beyond. Definitely, yeah. In terms of having resources, definitely. When um, I I met I met a family who whose daughters were attending the high school that I went to when I was in high school, Mm. and they're like, they said that everyone in their class speaks Arabic to the point where the teacher had to learn how to speak oh. Arabic just to be able to communicate to these, um, it was ESL class, but everyone isn't, that's in there isn't, you know, knows the Arabic language. And so they had to learn, eventually learn a little bit of the language to be able to, you know, pass on some ideas to the students. So yeah, yeah, Miss Saga is on another level. I may be biased in that. <laughs> I like Miss Saga, I miss Miss Saga, but um, yeah, no, it's, it's like, you you feel you feel a difference when you walk in Hamilton versus when you walk in Mississauga, and and it's not just the Arabic culture. I would say a lot of the other cultures as well. And there's so many services and so many events dedicated to celebrate these cultures. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's really fantastic. If anyone gets the chance to visit, definitely do so. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I will ask you after the show for a list. Yes. <laughs> we are going to be talking later in the show. But yeah. Two, um, but let's go to our first song break. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, this song? Who's the artist and the name and why did you choose it? Yes. So um, the artist is Feiruz. Mm-hmm. Everyone should be listening to Feiruz. She's been around since, I don't know, 60s, 70s. She's still around today. Um, she is probably, to me, she's the queen of 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 Arabic songs she 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 has a voice that is not duplicated or mm. no one has her voice her songs are another level of art 
Um, you know, if it, those who know the Arabic language would appreciate the kind of lyrics that she sings. And it's not just about love or, you know, it's about, you know, you know, nature and it's mm -hmm. about loving your country and it's about loving your family. So yes, she has love songs and mm. stuff like that, but, um, there's a lot of, um, a home feel to her that, you know, you feel like it's, 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 it's relaxing music and it's, yeah, it's, you guys will appreciate it when you hear it. Mm -hmm. Um, the song I chose is called Shayf al Bahar. And then here's my Arabic accent with the <laughs> So Shayf al Bahar. <laughs> and, uh, I, I chose it because I think it's the one that most people would recognize, um, if they knew the song. So I invite, invite everyone to listen to any of Fayrouz's song. She's, she's fantastic. Thank yeah. you so much. I can't wait to hear it. And we'll be back in a couple minutes on Elise in Wonderland. Welcome back to Lisa in Wonderland on 101.5 The Hawk. It's 5.34 p.m. and we are talking to Magdalene about beautiful Syria. Thank yes. you so much for that song. Sure. <laughs> sure. I have so, more for yeah. Fredo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there will be more with that. <laughs> so let's dig deep into Syrian culture. Yes. I'm always interested to see, um, especially, you know, what goes on behind closed doors and families that's different mm. from my family or your family. And uh, what are the classic hallmark cultural things that happen um, with Syrians when they get together? Yes, <laughs> party. Yes. Um, what rituals? What 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 goes on? So yes. Can you tell us a little bit about um, kind of family dynamics and what family life is like? Definitely. Well, um, the, the one thing with Syrian people specifically, like I, they love. Like they love children, they love to have children. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, children are looked at as a, as a blessing and, you know, and, and a privilege to mm -hmm. have. And so they love to have them. And so, you know, being in quiet areas is sometimes very difficult. There's no such thing as being in a quiet area. <laughs> Back when, <laughs> when so I was. this whole concept of space and alone time. Space, it's like, happen. uh, yeah, space is with us, join us, you know, yeah, so. Yeah. Um, you know, back, back when I was, um, when, like when I was a child, the weekend used to be on Friday. That was our only day mm. off. And so Thursday was the night, you know, that you got to do, you know, visit family right. and then maybe sleep over and then you go home on Friday because you have school the next day on Saturday. So, um, you know, definitely getting together with families is a big thing. The homes are set up to expect a large number of people. Mm. So a living room is like, it's not what we have here in that it's very structured. You have yeah. a living room that is the size of probably two or three living rooms here. Mm -hmm. um, dining room is a whole separate thing because mm. it needs to be. And, you know, bedrooms are big because you may have guests sleeping over. So, again, you know, the... the, the so basically the, a big house. Exactly. Yeah, 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 big yeah house. a big house. And, you know, um, you knew you always had visitors, especially on Thursday. You were either visiting someone or someone was huh. coming over. So... Um, now the weekends, I think, are Friday and Saturday. So that made the week seem shorter, mm -hmm. you know. But again, the feel of Thursday, knowing that it's Thursday night, that's, that's yeah, that's night. the big, you know, let's do whatever we want. <laughs> we're done work. We're done school. Let's do whatever we want, you know. Um, I myself have over a 100 
first cousins um, combined <laughs> between my <laughs> exactly yeah. they have their own kids um, you know and you know so an average probably a family of five I would say is the average in my family so mm-hmm. and you can imagine like if we were to have a wedding you made and you had enough guest list just with your immediate family yeah. forget mm-hmm. friends and extended you know family members um, so actually that's something we we I would say we can't having here is that you know i myself come from a family of seven so Mm. you know there are my brothers who have their own kids i have my son hi jamal Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) um you know and then when we get together it's it's you know may not happen as often as it used to be back Uh there but when it get when we get together it's just uh, you know an experience that you you never forget especially with Mm. my brothers um being in different you know places in Canada mm. but when we finally get together it's it's amazing and you know it's just it's just a memory to have had and now mm. that I'm having other family members come in from Syria now they're getting added to right. the mix so that's always nice um yeah so big crowds um you know there's of course the food yeah, which let's is, talk you know. <laughs> so you said that we can do a better job of having halal options. I think so. In Hamilton yeah. specifically. Yeah. I mean, like if I was like, what is it? like a pizza, right? Some, you know, <laughs> I, if we want to have like, you know, beef on it, we have to have halal beef. So can you talk a little bit about what halal is? Yes. So, so halal means. The, the literal translation of it is, I guess, allowed or permissible mm. is really mm. what it means. So anything that is halal is something you're allowed to do. Mm. Culture, like religiously, let's mm. say, as a, as, a, as a Muslim person. So we're talking about halal meat. It's, hal- it's meat that you're allowed to have. And what right. defines that is that it's slaughtered, the meat is slaughtered or the animal slaughtered in a way that is um, ethical, mm-hmm. um, not torturous to the animal. Mm. And it's done in a way that the blood of the of the of the animals completely um gone like mm-hmm. the way the way the position where it's done it's completely kind of strained out mm-hmm. you know and and the animals clean essentially mm-hmm. for you to eat to cook and eat and you know um there's restrictions on that so for example we're not allowed to have pork so mm-hmm. pigs are not you know, oh, animals no will never pork. halal, never yeah. will be. Yeah. Uh, there's halal pepperoni though, so you can have the shape of the pepperoni, <laughs> but it's so it's like essentially like chicken like or something. Turkey, you mm-hmm. would have exactly like a fake pork. You're exactly. Like, cool. So yeah, and um, um, yeah. So that, that is essentially what halal is. And so if I was to order when I was in Masaga, halal meat was never an issue. I can order halal pizza mm-hmm. anytime. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, here I have to pick certain um, places to do it. And um, so, yeah, we have to, we really have to do a better job. At, <laughs> at, I know. I think and people Hamilton. really just assume that like a lot of people eat meat. And I think Vegetarian. it's actually not true. Of many yes. cultures mm-hmm. where you just ubiquitous, you eat chicken and pork and beef. You know, there, there are a lot of vegetarian cultures, a lot yeah. of yeah. cultures. Absolutely. That, um, yeah, this needs to be the options need to be definitely. Better. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm personally, I'm very disappointed in the Paramount closing down here at, co- at the college. Yeah, Have you guys know? Yeah, so that awesome I'm not, I'm not a like a big meat person. I love my vegetarian stuff, but you know, it's nice to have the option. But now I don't, right. so mm-hmm. unless I eat fish. Oh. So, <laughs> um, so here in Hamilton, we have, of course, Paramount. I better get a free meal out of this. <laughs> <laughs> Your sponsorship from Paramount. Your check's coming in the mail. 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, we have Paramount, of course, and they, they actually do a really good job of just variety of food, um, from the mm. culture, not just Syrian, but Lebanese, mm. Palestinian, um, that just that region altogether. Of course, we have Luna in Hamilton, mm. um, in Masaga. There are a lot of options there as well. Too many to count. So. Yeah, um, skip the dishes if you type in halal, you get the oh, uh, really? list oh, that great. offers it. So that's, that's cool. That's um, that's common good. food we eat, of course, are yeah. the falafels. Mm. We all love the falafel. Have you guys ever had it? There was actually someone in the camp who started oh. his own falafel business. Cool. He was like, he had lineups. Nice. It was really awesome to see. Oh, would it, it would have been like really extra good. nice mm, by yeah. like, if it was like here, like the ingredients somehow don't work out the same uh, as they do back home. I don't know why. I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Jen. <laughs> so I'm sure if you go to a Korean restaurant, you're like, what? <laughs> it's what nice. It's tasty, different. but it's there's just something is missing. It's, you think it's catered to like you know what it is, honestly. Palette or Canadian or just kind of made blander for them. What people. I think it is, if I'm talking about like Syrian ingredients specifically, yeah. um, I think we lose we use a lot of like pesticides and things like that that may affect mm. the taste that may not huh? be the case back home they don't they're not as obsessed with that stuff right. so True. a lot of things are more organic more you know you, of, you talked about the ethical um basis out that halal comes from yeah and mm -hmm. that's really progressive by today's standards i feel like in north america yeah yeah and i again like the the, the religion that introduced this was around from 1400 years ago so we've been doing this mm -hmm. way yeah. before anyone else was <laughs> yeah, so yeah um yeah and again um you know it's it, but it's nice to know there's there's the option like and again, when I go to no frills or whatever, there's always the halal meat mm. section. So I love yeah. that. And mm. again, that wasn't available when we first came to this country. So to know that, you know, I don't have to worry about that stuff is, is fantastic, you know, and it's, it's, it's amazing. So, so can you, can you explain what falafel is? Oh, Sorry, sure. I <laughs> <laughs> you haven't had one? No, no you need well, to have I, one. I, I may have one, but I don't know if it's. <laughs> oh, no, no you'll know. You'll know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, it's basically, it's actually vegetarian completely. Um, it's chickpeas that you mince and crush and mm. add some parsley to it and some other spices, mix it up. And mm. then you make these like little patties that you then fry. Mm. And then you take a pita bread and crush those patties on the pita bread, add some sauce, okay. uh, pickles, tomatoes, nice. lettuce, parsley. You know, just as toppings, whatever mm -hmm. toppings you want, and then roll up that pita and have it. Yeah, you, if it's fantastic. Almost convinced me to become vegetarian. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm not missing meat. Exactly. Well, actually, it's interesting you say that because the Syrian um, meals we have so many vegetarian options mm. that are like so rich and so mm. tasty, and they're so filling. I think that's yeah. the misconception with vegetarians. Mm. Like you think you're gonna eat sure, a, salad a salad every day. Yeah. But vegetarians oh. in Canada, I feel like. Well, we have a lot of options options of yes. different foods but man like i feel like they get the short end of the stick that's this, true like, that's true pizza thing yeah but then add the vegan to it and oh, <laughs> then, but yes it sounds like that you know your options are just better <laughs> but yeah i mean and again they're cooked with like you know there are some food that maybe not may not be healthy for you but i would say that the vast mm -hmm. majority are um we have our what else um, and a quiche. Mm -hmm. You guys have to have 
one or cheese. two. It's exactly. It's like a pizza mm. with no sauce. Oh, yeah. I think I've seen it's like a flatbread kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's round usually, and you either have it with cheese or mm. you have it with spinach or you have it with the ground beef mm. or zaytun uh, <laughs> zaytun, which is. Zaytun, <laughs> yeah. Yes. So yeah, it's it's basically like you put olive oil on the bread and then you put a little bit of thyme mm-hmm. mixed with sesame. Um, see, yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah. So there's Unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, we don't have time to go through all the food. <laughs> yeah. But I do have one more qu- last question about yes. food. What makes baklava different? <laughs> from in Syria versus Greece versus other parts yes. of the world. Or, I'm not. You know what? I ha, I I don't know. I don't know I'm what makes it curious. Or is it, it the same? I think it is. Oh. I think it is. I think essentially what you what filling you put in it makes oh, it. Different. Okay. But I think that's like different. Like even within families. Like mm. my mom. Sure. Hi you mom. Might put a different she, exactly. <laughs> she may make it one way. My you know another family mm. may make it a different. Way. I don't think there is a difference. I, I don't. I haven't seen one, we'll have so to do a, a whole episode investigating. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so before we go into our next song, um, I want to talk about a little bit of about the importance of music and actually how music is played and yes. enjoyed differently um, in your culture. Can you, uh, while we introduce the next song, can you talk about uh, a little bit about music in in your culture? Yes. So. I mean, Arabic music has been around for a very, very long time. It's funny because the old songs that we love are not dying out. You know, the yeah. f- example of Fairuz is a bit, is a perfect one. Mm. You know, people are trying to recreate it with their own, you know, flair, but it, it's just not the same. And mm. so that's the thing with Arabic songs is that once one has been made, it will stick around mm. for a very, very, very long time. Um, if the people do love it. Um, well, th- Many, many people uh, choose not to listen to music as they feel that it's not, um, you know, um, it's distracting them from their everyday life, from their religious mm-hmm. beliefs. And so, so it's they not choose. Like you just have it in the background. Yeah. A lot of people prefer to listen to other religious things instead. Uh, you know, if I am going to listen to something, I'd like to listen to something clean and the mm-hmm. cleanest form of um you know relaxation would be something more religious more you know um even if it is music it's going to be almost like gospel songs you know Mm -hmm. like that sort of thing you know and uh, yeah but uh, you know and there are there are the other people who say you know i don't want to associate with the new you know hip stuff i want (laughs) to still listen to my classics and that a lot of people exist like that Mm -hmm. so um the the nice thing about the Arabic music is not it's not just one type. We, mm. we you know we have many genres within the music. So someone from you know for you if I was to sing an authentic authentic Syrian song, it would be different than an authentic Egyptian song. You know, sure. so we have so many ways of singing. The voices are amazing in the in that they have such a big vocal range that they can go in. The same singer can sing in such a high pitch. And a low pitch at the same time, and mm-hmm. the feeling of the song is is mm-hmm. one, you know. So, the I think that so comes from the language, the intention of behind the song, exactly. And the skill of the, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. and the vocal range is something you every every singer really wants to be known for. So, so yeah, they some of them work really hard at achieving that. Um, yeah. So let's <laughs> talk about the next song. Who? Who sings this? What is this song? And why did you choose this? Yes. Yeah, so, um, 
the song that I chose, um, the reason I chose it, not really so much for the song itself and how much I like it. I just chose it because it um, includes the Depke theme. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about that a little bit with the students when I was uh, teaching. Did you guys get to do any Depke? No. Yeah. So it's it's a form of dance where people are joining hands and mm-hmm. in a circle they do all this footwork. Depke actually like literally means stomping your yeah. feet. So you do all this kind of footwork in a group setting where you're all holding hands going mm-hmm. in a circle. And um, the feel, like the Depke, it's Itself is so much fun, but really that that whole like going in the circle, holding hands represents the, you know, the brotherhood and the you know oh. being together as one and following the same steps together. So is that feeling that comes with doing such a dance? So I, that's really why I chose the song. It's called the Bedik Bedik Bedik. So weird to say <laughs> the name because it's a cheesy song. Actually, I think, but the the Devke feel is definitely in it. I think you guys will appreciate it. I think anyone who listens to it right now will want to get up and like and do something. <laughs> Whether they know how to do death care or not, they're going to want to do something. So, yeah. All right, everyone, stomp your feet. And we'll see you in a couple <laughs> minutes. Benvenuti to Alice in Wonderland. Swagate Alice Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. On 1015. 1015, the hog. Xin chào. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Back to Lisa in Wonderland. Uh, it's 5.54 and I'm so sad that we're almost done. Yeah. This hour has just went. flown by. Um, Anthony has been listening and he has said that he's gained such a deep appreciation for Syria and your passion. And, Aww. Um, thanks, thought he Anthony. had a big family before this. Thanks, but. Anthony. I don't think I saw you at the square today, but thanks. I'll say <laughs> hi tomorrow. <laughs> So let's end the show with a quick language lesson. Um, if you want to learn a little bit about um, the language, uh, let's let's do a couple basics. Yes. In Arabic. So how do you say hello? Marhaba. Marhaba. Oh. Go ahead, Jin. <laughs> and I, yes, and I did have a bit of practice yes. over you, so... Marhaba. 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 There, oh, that's good. That okay. was good. <laughs> how about how are you? So how are you? You can the you can be a female or a male. Mm. So how are you? Is kif halak if you're a male or kif halik if you're a female? Kif halak. Kif halik. A or e? Lek or lek? Lek or lek? And thank you. Shukran. 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 Soften your R's. Shukran. <laughs> Shukran. Yeah, Shukran. that's perfect. No, I can't learn my, my tongue. Shukran. <laughs> go ahead, go Shukran. ahead. You're almost Shukran. there. Shukran. 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 Yes. Shukran. Yes. Shukran, Shukran to you. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. I'm <laughs> uh, Thank you so much uh, for your time, your wisdom, mm-hmm. and sharing a part of you. Um, with us on our show today. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. It went by way too quickly. I hope I to visit again soon. Sure. <laughs> we hope that we will yes. have another opportunity to <laughs> chat again. And um, for those listening, please stay tuned if you want to learn more about uh, Syrian culture and our students' uh, perspective and experience um, on our recent trip. Please listen to our show on December 6th uh, to hear more. So, events in the world. 
November 7th was Diwali, uh, the huge festival of lights in India, bigger than Christmas, I've been told, <laughs> um, celebrating the creation of the world. So, like, you can't get much bigger than that. Right. Uh, recently, as well as November 11th, Singles Day in China. Jin, tell yeah. me more. <laughs> so, November 11th, if you put in the numbers, it's 1111. So, in China, they kind of praise as a being a single. So, they put this holiday. Um, but most important thing is they do huge sales, just like Black Friday or Boxing Day. <laughs> nice. So Any you... excuse to sell? Like, <laughs> wow. So, like, there's a one kind of popular way to get Chinese product is AliExpress. AliExpress. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you oh, I've heard the, of that. Yes. If yes. you compare the price, it's super cheap. The only concern is it takes a while to get to Canada. <laughs> Order now for Christmas. <laughs> oh, okay. This should work. Good advice. Mm-hmm. Um, also, oh. next week, around the world, International Education Week is celebrated, and Mohawk College is no exception. We are doing celebrations where we feature students and staff and people from our community that are talking about their culture and their heritage and celebrating that. Um, at the Language and Culture Center is... Uh, next Wednesday, doing a Mohawk Got Talent show nice. in the McNair Theater. So people from all over the world doing traditional dances and singing, and I'm sure talents that will surprise me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so please come check that out. It is the afternoon um, of, Mo- of Mohawk Got Talent <laughs> <laughs> of next Wednesday at the McIntyre Theater on our Fennel campus. Cool. So... We are going to end the show with uh, a final song. Please kick us off uh, yes. with the the name and the artist. So it's called Telet <laughs> Daat, and it's it's a more recent song. I don't want to seem too old school, so I kind of wanted to put a more recent song, probably in the last few months that it came out. No, a year or so. <laughs> I guess I am old school. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yeah, I like it. It's it's a nice kind of relaxing song, love song. Beautiful song. <laughs> a nice way to wrap up with yes, some love feelings. Absolutely. Thank you so much again, Meg. Thanks, Elise. And thank thanks, you. Jen. This was fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. Yeah. And thank yes. you all for listening. We will see you next week. Same time, same day. Yes. In Wonderland. Oh, two weeks.